Welcome to Creating Community for Good podcast. This is Lindsay Simons, your host. And gosh, am I excited about this conversation today. I promise you that if you are a fundraiser, if you are a volunteer, by the time you finish this episode, you are going to be lit up. Julie has an enormous wealth of energy. She is a great storyteller. She's got enthusiasm, the fire in her belly, and really beautiful phrases for us to all jot down and experience, listen to, and try it out. Try them out. See what you hear today and see how it feels for you. We talk all about courage. That's really the heart of it. Upon reflection, we are talking about courage. We're talking about fundraising. We're talking about how to navigate challenging conversations, how to go bigger, and why doing all this. Why be a fundraiser? Why ask? Why put yourself out on the line? Why be uncomfortable? Julie is a new friend. And gosh, I'm just so proud of her and impressed with her. She's a change agent. She's absolutely a challenger. You're going to hear that today. She's a bona fide fundraiser and a risk taker. She's got over a dozen years of experience from a one-person development shop to major gifts officer to top 1% performer at the United Way of Greater Los Angeles to development director at a national anti-poverty organization. Since 2018, she has helped CEOs, EDs, fundraisers, founders, heads of fundraising organizations, raise five, six, and seven-figure gifts from individuals without risking relationships. So how to engage in fundraising without the stress, the anxiety, and the dynamics of power dynamics that I'm really interested in. And you've probably heard that as you've heard many episodes as we talk about that. So if you have a handful of donors who give anywhere from $5,000 to $25,000 and you want to double, maybe even triple what they're giving, she is somebody who can help you. Listen to this episode and check her out offline as well. She's ambitious, she's courageous, and she is the owner of a six-week accelerator courage lab that you should absolutely check out. So without further ado, jump in, dive in, get your notepad. You can take notes. We'll also have this in the show notes, but you're going to want to hear what she's saying, what we're discussing as it is empowering. All right, here we go. Welcome to Creating Community for Good podcast, Julie. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm great. I'm so excited to be here with you, Lindsay. Thanks. Cool. I'm excited to be here with you too. And Julie, would you just orient the listeners a little bit to who you are and how you came into this place? Because we've got an awesome conversation today to talk about difficult conversations, deepening relationships, navigating uncharted territories, and really trying to create more authentic space and deeper connections for longer lasting support and success in your efforts and mission-based work. So tell us how you even got here and about your experience with major gifts and events. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm Julie Ordonez and I'm a fundraiser and I am a major gifts fundraising coach. That's what I do now for work. And I love it. I am a wife. I am a sister, a daughter, a friend, a leader. I live in Los Angeles, California. And I've been in the nonprofit and development management space for well over a decade now. And I've been privileged and really honored to be a coach and an advisor for executives in nonprofits, nonprofit founders, EDs, CEOs, heads of growth and fundraising across the country to help them get the courage to ask for more and raise major gifts from individuals, five, six, seven plus figure gifts in record time, really. I think a lot of people expect that it's going to take five plus years to raise a transformational size gift from someone, but it really depends on the connection and the personal relationship. So you can move really fast when you go really deep. And I think that Every human being wants to be significant. They want to matter. They want to do something that changes the world in some way. And it's not manipulation to take advantage of that, right? It's actually humility. I'm humbling myself and accepting the role of influence that I have in this leader's life. I am going to choose as the fundraiser to be a leader for leaders. I am going to influence the influencers to become the most generous version of themselves. 
that is what I see the role of the fundraiser really is and stepping into and really fully owning your influence with others. That's powerful. And I was thinking about this just the other day in terms of power dynamics and how fundraisers oftentimes approach a situation where they're asking for funds and the feeling of intimidation, terror, perhaps even life-threatening experiences running through your body. Oh yeah, survival. for sure. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you is that you're really trying to activate the courage and the leadership to show up and actually to even psych yourself out of being the one asking for something, but being the one offering something, offering leadership, offering an opportunity, offering a pathway for greater impact, for leadership, for legacy, for fulfillment. And that's a pretty magical power shift and dynamic shift, mentality shift. That's right. It's a pretty powerful role to be in, to be a fundraiser, actually. You're not coming from the space of, oh, please, would you just give us your crumbs? Every dollar counts. Yeah. And from a place of, gosh, we're desperate, to you get to select who you would like to partner with in this work. Mm. And you get to draw close the people who are rooted in this mission with you. There are people who are fiercely dedicated to education equity in the U.S. And they are not going to quit their job. They're an accountant. <laughs> you know, they're, they're working at a firm. They're not going to quit their job and go start a nonprofit. But they are going to donate yeah. because that's how they show up in caring about educational equity. So I think thinking about fundraising is you're, when you throw a party, you invite people. You don't expect them to come to the party or know about the party if you don't invite them. Invite and the them. invitation is not like, <laughs> yeah. hey, um, would love like maybe if you're available to like, I'm doing this party. But no pressure. No, no, no. If you uh, want. So you want me to come or what are you saying? Like if yeah. you're available, I'm throwing a party. But just say you are invited, right? And we know that it's going to be a great time. There's going to be great food. There's going to be connection, right? There's going to be community. There's going to be fun. You are, as the fundraiser, making an invitation, right? An offer. And you're saying, and it's not just to a party, a social gathering. This is to one of the most impactful, meaningful contributions you will ever make in your life. I'm inviting you into that. So there is, of course, there's fear related to asking for more because you don't want to offend someone. You don't want to seem like you're out for their money, right? And these are all normal things, first of all. Like, I'm sure you felt it, Lindsay. I have too. And here's the thing. Fear doesn't go away. You may conquer one level of fear. Okay, today, I'm, I'm, it's no big deal. I'm comfortable asking this person for $10,000. I can do that because I've gotten in the reps. I've done it some more. I've heard yes. I've heard no. I've survived. I'm okay. I was able to deal with the feeling that I felt of hearing no. And I was able to learn from that. I was able to gain valuable feedback from that donor as to why they said no, which is a huge win. Mm. And then guess what? Now you have the opportunity to ask for $100,000. Mm. So with a new level of growth, there are new fears. So we look at people who are courageous and we think, wow, they're just fearless. I actually am not a fan of that word fearless. I think that it sets people up for failure. Mm. They expect, they believe I must be failing at this because I am full of fear. Mm. I'm not fearless. Wrong. When you're courageous, you still very much feel fear. Yes. Courage is who you are, not what you feel, right? So fearful people who shrink back, who accept the bare minimum from their board members, from their donors, they say, oh, thank you so much for $2,500. When you know deep down they could give 50K plus. Yeah. And that person feels fear. And the person who boldly and courageously steps into their influence and says, you know what, Lindsay, I want you to consider giving your very best gift this year. What would that look like for you? Literally say that. And then when they come back and they say, oh, okay, 
you are going to be afraid in that moment. You might be right. And that's okay. Mm. It's not a reason to not ask the question. It's not enough reason to not move forward. The mission is bigger than our comfort. Mm. Let's pause on that. The mission is bigger than our comfort. Absolutely. How we feel. It's just a momentary feeling and you can handle it. You can handle how you're going to feel when you're asking for more. You can handle that feeling. You are tough enough. You're strong enough. You're courageous enough. You just need to go for it and find out, find out how courageous you really are. You think that you're a scaredy cat because you don't ever put yourself in that position to feel those feelings of fear, but you will survive. People will step up. They will give again. They will give more. And you will find out how much ownership people really feel towards your mission, just like you do. Okay. And let's talk about no objections. Let's say, what's the worst case scenario? You finally muster up the courage, listen to the podcast. You're like, okay, Julie, you're right. The mission is bigger than my fear. I've got to go in. I've got to go big. I feel bold. I feel empowered. And now the donor says, wait, what? You want me to do what? No, like I can't do that. No, I'm not interested. That's too high. Where'd you even come up with that number? Are you smoking something? This is 10X what you've ever asked me to do. Then what? Yeah, there's a lot there, Lindsay. So we, again, courage is rooted in humility. Humility is about thinking of ourselves less. So when we're asking the question, well, what do I do if I hear no? We're still focused on ourselves. Uh huh. If I'm, oh, I can't hear no, I can't handle now. What do I do? If I, if they say no, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me. Oh, they're going to, it's not about you, honey. <laughs> it ain't about you. Well, why did you start this nonprofit? Was it about you when you started it? So the question about no, it's as if we can't handle when people tell us no. And that's not true. I asked a gentleman who had been giving $5,000, but very, very high net worth individual was super involved. His best friend was the board chair. We'll just call him Andy. Okay. And Andy worked at a really big firm in Los Angeles that will remain unnamed. And I teed him up. So he knew that an ask was coming. Him and his wife and his kids have been coming to a couple of events. The board chair had my blessing to engage Andy and to ask him for more. He said, oh yeah, that guy, he can do more. Go for it, Julie. Yeah. Because the board chair and I met once a month, by the way. So he and I were talking about all of these potential donors, current donors, ask amounts. We were very much a team. Yes. And that board chair raised over a quarter of a million dollars in one year, by the way. Well, that's, no big deal. Uh, yes, but that's a talk for another time. Anyway, back to no. So this donor, Andy, I had said, hey, I'd really love to put a proposal in front of you of how you can really invest in the families that we serve in a more powerful way. Would you be open to that? This is over email. He said, yeah, absolutely. He said, yeah, we love it. We've been having a great time. My wife is all on board. We love what you guys do. Yes, let's meet. Let's talk. So it wasn't like it was out of nowhere, right? He was right. prepped and I sent him the proposal beforehand. It was just a two page, like a PDF. A specific request amount included? The, a specific request. I was asking for $250,000 over the okay. course of three years. Okay. Multi-year gift. Great. Love multi-year gifts. Just a shout out to multi-year gifts. Yes, please do that. And side note to that, everybody listening, your board members for as long as they're on the board, get a multi-year gift from them. So if their term is three years, get it in writing. Will you commit to giving $30,000 each year for the next three years? That's 90K total. And that way we don't have to worry about this ask every end of year. And we can just focus on governance, impact, strategy. You get it. Yes. With board members, we should be able to know in advance what they plan to do. It should not be a run a ring around the rosy guessing game. Anyway, back to Andy. And it should help you with stability, sustainability, and moving That's forward right. more interesting conversations like stewardship and engagement. And That's right. Of That's right. Engagement. So many thoughts there. Yes. Doubling down on that. Okay. Let's get back to Andy. So he got the PDF, two-pager, specific requests. He got the PDF. And it was very clear, this is what $250,000 can do. 
This is how many lives will be changed. This is how their lives will be changed. Beautiful photos, smiling faces, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. It looked great. All perfect. Yeah. So then I go to his office. It's pretty intimidating. It was, if you've been to Los Angeles before, it's an office in Century City where there are a ton of high rises on the west side of of LA. I think it was above the 30th floor. So we get in, it's really modern, floor to ceiling windows, just gorgeous, state-of-the-art luxury office. We walk into the conference room. Andy is a very tall man. He is well over six foot. He's a former athlete, but he's a super nice guy. We sit down, we talk. I bring a printout of the proposal with me. And I said, so Andy, I know you have had a chance to look at this proposal. What have you decided? What do you think? He says, Julie, I think it's too soon. And I was like, oh, I was so deflated. I was embarrassed. I was like, oh no. He goes, yeah, you know, his friend who was the board chair, he asked the question, how long did it take my buddy, the board chair, to give at this level? Mm. I said, you know, that's a good question. Well, he's been involved with the organization for 20 years, but he really stepped up when he became the board chair, which is not strange. Right. I said, so probably in the last three years, but he's been around for a long time. And he goes, yeah, I just... I'm not closed off to the amount. I just think it's a little too soon. And I think that I would like to come to this big event that you have in the fall. I'd like to get see more of the program in action before I commit to this. And I said, okay, thank you for that feedback. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad you want to stay involved. Of course, yeah, we'll, we'll come to the event. So I had to go back to the office and tell my boss that he decided to give nothing right now and that he needed at least six more months before he would look at this again. Now, if I had not asked for that amount, I would have never known all of the intel that I got. He said, I need six more months. Mm -hmm. I'm not closed off to this amount. I just think it's a little too soon. And he also told you what he needed, right? More mission engagement. That's right and to attend events so he could see who else is supporting it. That's right. And so this gives me so much valuable information that, by the way, a wealth engine or Googling him could never get me Mm. because the best research is what your donors say to you, to your face from their mouths. And now I know how to steward him. Now I know how Mm -hmm. to bring him closer to the mission. I know what he's looking for. Now I could have responded in many different ways. I could have looked at that and said, this is such valuable feedback. This guy is all in for us. He's basically saying, I'm willing to give this, but just later. Yep. Or I could have said, oh my God, I got it all wrong. It was too soon. I failed. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Who do I think I am doing this? Oh my gosh. I should have known that it was too soon. I should have known. That I, I could go down that rabbit hole. I'm bad at my job. I need a new career. I need a new industry. Yep. I need a new name. Or my boss is going to kill me. Yeah. yeah. I went back to her and And I... Did any of that happen? No, because I don't take it personal. Again, we're rooted in humility here. Courage comes from humility. It isn't about Julie. It's not about me. This is about helping this individual, Andy, have the impact that he intends to have in the world. And it's about serving my mission. Where do I get off not taking the risk? Who do I think I am to not risk? Mm. Is my comfort, my ego, my image far more important than getting our mission fully funded? Is that really what I'm saying here? Because in effect, that's not our intention, right? That's no one's intention. But in effect, Lindsay, that's what we're doing. We're saying how I feel, how I will be perceived is far more important than asking for more and raising the crucial funds that we need. And Mm. we think that we're preventing losing or risking relationships, but the people who pay the ultimate price are the ones we serve. Mm. That's profound. And I want to offer the listeners 
another tip of phrasing. Something that I'm just compelled to say as I'm listening to you, Julie, is first, I'm just thank you for sharing this story. And what an excellent model. Oftentimes people like to tell stories of heroic scenarios. I appreciate this scenario of finding your own heroism in your own comfort of knowing about humility and the mission being a greater value than your own comfort. So I appreciate that lesson. And I would say that you can even share that with the donor in the moment. So imagining that I'm you sitting in front of Andy and he's just said, no, you're too soon, presumptuous and early, all the words and giving you the feedback. And then you could say, and maybe you did, but I'm just feeling compelled to share this. I could say something like, Andy, thank you so much for that feedback. I would be remiss if I hadn't gone for what I believe is what is the most valued and most needed at this time to do the most good for this organization to move the needle, boom, 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 whatever the mission is. But even saying things like, I'd be remiss if I didn't dream big. I'd be remiss if I didn't go big and ask big and invite big. And I'm looking for true and deep partners. And I'm looking for the investments that are going to really be change agents. So I can see a way of saying, I'm sorry, but not too sorry in a way, right? Like uh, apologies. I'd be remiss if I didn't do this. I hear you. And I can't wait to continue to develop this relationship. And we will do exactly that. I'll follow up with a plan. I'll let you know when our next event is. And I'll set up a time for you to come and meet the students or whatever it was. And I will look forward to another date with you in three months and six months again. And we can talk about how you feel about our work. Yep. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's such a poised response. Right. And in the moment you're like shocked. You're like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not oh, saying that I know that is I he offended. <laughs> is he, you know? And right. so I think if he had said, I'm offended, I would yeah. have just, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, Andy. Yeah. I really, that wasn't my intention. And I, my intention was, I know that you're really passionate about what we do and that you are interested in doing more. And so I felt it was my responsibility to bring you the best suited opportunity yeah. for the impact that I know you and your family want to have. Right. And you know, honestly, I haven't heard that very long. I mean, I've been in the industry for 13 or so years. And I think maybe, I'm trying to think, maybe once or twice has somebody actually said I'm offended. The reality is most donors don't even know, like if they are offended, they often don't even know how to articulate they're offended in that moment. And that's a human behavioral challenge that we won't address at this time. But oftentimes it's uh, feeling like, wow, that was not what I expected. I need to just process that. And that's why in all of my training, and I'm sure you too, Julie, like it's just the importance of the pause after you make an ask so that somebody can process it and not interrupting their processing by apologizing or preempting or making any commentary whatsoever. Just letting that prospective donor think about this huge opportunity and this huge challenge right in front of them. Can I say yes? Or should I say yes? Do I have to say no? How do I say no? And a lot of times if we are wrong as a fundraiser, but the best fundraisers are dreaming big and they're going bold and they're doing exactly what you just modeled. And they're going with big requests for big impact. And that means that they're going to overshoot a lot. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's okay to say, I have to do this. I have to go big. This is what we're doing for the mission. But let's talk about what works for you. So Julie, now I'm curious about your perspective on declining throwaway gifts. So let's say you ask somebody for a quarter <laughs> million and let's say this is Sarah, Sarah, random name. Let's say Sarah says, yeah, no, quarter of a million cannot do, even though we know she's highly capable. But thank you for coming. I actually have in my envelope here a $1,000 gift. Here you go. Thanks. Bye. Jaw drop. In case you're not watching the video on YouTube. Huh. <laughs> so this is where owning your influence comes in. And I think that we receive what we what happens like the dynamic that we're creating with our donors we perpetuate that so we allow people to donate in kind stuff water bottles when what we really need is is general operating support we don't need more water bottles we can buy our own damn water bottles and taking advantage of those moments like hey lindsay i love what y'all do let me know what you need let me know how i can help let, what do you need and we say, oh, well, 
you're, you're already doing so much, Lindsay. You post on social and I know, and you came to our event and just thank you so much. And we're liars. We lie and stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and I know, I know really, because I used to do that. Promise. You know, I didn't, I didn't just come out the womb asking for a quarter of a million dollars, $750,000, you know, a million plus <laughs> gifts. Like I asked and received so little for so long. I remember sitting across from a partner at a big firm and I asked him for $2,500 and he said, yeah, sure, Julie, I can give you $2,500. And he pulled out his checkbook, just so disappointed. <laughs> and he wrote, he was disappointed. Check. He was disappointed in you. Oh yeah. He was disappointed oh. in the, the ask, the low ball ask. Here you go. Here's $2,500. It was as if I had asked him to lunch for 10 cents. If Lindsay, if I reach out to you, I make this big hullabaloo. I'd love for you to get more involved. I'd love to share with you opportunities, how you can be more involved with our mission. And then I go and I ask you for a dollar and I waste an hour of your time, right? It's all relative to where the donor is. This is why, hello, courage is rooted in humility. It isn't about what I think is a lot of money because it isn't about me. That's right. It's not about what you think is a lot of money. Yeah. And so I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot your original question. Oh, the question is like a throwaway gift. So I know that was, <laughs> I mean, don't worry about it because that was gold, but Let's say, let's do some practical answers for what to do with that. I just walked my one-on-one -on -one client through this very thing yesterday. So if you ask somebody for what you know they could give, and it is a stretch gift. So let's say the previous fiscal year, they gave you $10,000. Now, you know, they could give you 50. And again, side note leaders, you cannot base your ask amount simply on previous giving because we cannot grow at the rate that we need to grow if we just focus on what people did before. Mm -hmm. That is not enough to evaluate how much to ask someone for. Well, last year they gave 10, so let's ask for 15 this year. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you ask for 50 and they come back and they say, oh, well, here's 12,000. I can do 12. My response to that is, Lindsay, I was really hoping that you would be stepping up in a new way this year. Silent. Don't say anything else. Let it sit. Let it breathe. Oh, well, they could say any number of things. I've had this happen. And the donor says, oh, okay. So you want me to give $100,000, right? They just fill in the blank, right? I left it open and did, oh, you want me to give six figures. Okay. Well, you know, I need to talk to my partner. I need to talk to my wife. I need to talk to my business manager. I need to talk to my accountant because the higher the gift, Lindsay, you and I know, the larger the gift, the more people there are involved in the decision. And that's good. We want that. And hopefully you as someone of influence in their life, they're saying to you that it's a dialogue, right? It's a conversation. So with these six and seven figure gifts, it's, yeah, I would love for you to give a six-figure gift. That is what I had in mind. Unapologetically, we're not sorry. We're not sorry for that. We're not embarrassed. We are coming from a place of power because if there's one person who could give six figures plus, there's another and you're already connected to them. Mm -hmm. So we're coming from a place of having an abundance attitude from a powerful position of offering and inviting someone to have an impact that they cannot fabricate or create on their own, separate from your organization. They can't do it. Even somebody who has all the money in the world, they need to activate their philanthropy, right? They're giving to trusted, credible leaders who are moving and creating change in their communities, and they've been doing it long before that philanthropist or that donor even had the idea to give. So it's that moment where you can and you ought to. Lindsay, I would go so far as to say, we must be doing this. We can no longer accept the crumbs, especially if it's from someone who is a high net worth individual or ultra high net worth individual. We must say, I am hoping that you will consider giving your best gift 
over the course of the next three years. And you don't drop it. You don't let it go. That is the kind of leadership, the audacity that we need if we're really trying to change the world in the way we say we want to do. I mean, you shut me up. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Whatever you want, Julie. (laughs) I'm kidding. I right? We, so we have moved. these big dreams, don't we? We have yes. these huge visions for the world. We say we want to end extreme poverty. We want to end the clean water crisis. We want to end human trafficking. We want to end modern day slavery. I'm for that. We need to mobilize the funds to do it. We can no longer accept water bottles. We can no longer accept these piddly little gifts. No, I'm not asking you to give out of your abundance, sir. I am asking you to give sacrificially. I am asking you to consider an investment level, meaningful gift. What does an investment level gift look like for you? I got nothing. I'm done. He's over. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes. Yes. And if somebody says, okay, well, I just brought you a thousand dollars today. So I'm not sure what to do with that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that gift. Yeah. And I wasn't looking for an answer today. Go back. I'm go home. Lindsay, that you can do more. Yep. You let me know if I'm wrong. You let me know if I'm wrong. I love it. You Am I wrong? Awesome. Yes. No, you're not wrong. I will give you all of my money, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps if you also, before you say these questions, like, will you consider an investment level gift? Will you consider giving your best gift this year? Will you consider giving a six-figure gift? You could phrase it that way. If you want to get more specific, you could pick an amount. Will you consider giving $500,000 over the course of the next three years in an effort to build out the sustainability of the organization? We are building a runway so that we can build deeper relationships. And you and I don't have to talk about this conversation of of your donation amount until three years from now. You know, I think it's also helpful to say this is an effort that we are doing with our most loyal, most generous donors. We are asking our most generous, most loyal givers to commit to a three-year commitment. And the majority of the folks that I've spoken to so far have agreed to do that. When you use that phrasing, the majority, right? It's like, I don't know about you, Lindsay, but when I go on to Nordstrom, I love Nordstrom. And I shop online. Okay, I'm an online shopper. I'm looking at the best sellers. I'm looking at, I want to see like, what is it that's the most popular thing? What are people buying? Because there's probably some good stuff in there. Yeah, what's the new style? What's happening? For sure. And so we make decisions, not because we're just so logical and rational, but because we want to know what are other people doing? Mm-hmm. So if you use that phrase, the majority of the folks I've spoken to have agreed to do a three-year commitment. Now it's a new culture that you're creating. So rather than saying, well, this is how it is now. We are doing three-year commitments. So get on board or get off, right? <laughs> you're, you're just saying, this is a new conversation. I totally get that. This is new for us. Yeah. And I'm acknowledging that. And and the mm-hmm. reason why is because, like I said, right, we're building the sustainability of the organization. And the reason why I'm asking you, Lindsay, is because you have been one of our most loyal, generous supporters. And I know that you are like family. This matters deeply to you. So I'm coming to you and I'm asking you, will you consider giving $500,000 over the course of the next three years? I love that framing. And I do think that another way to activate that same level of sense of community and okayness, like it's okay to give this level. It's okay to give multi-years that you're not the only one. You're not the only one who's going to be in this position. We're not taking advantage of you. This is the whole group. This is the community because we believe this is what's best for the organization. That's what you're trying to convey. But a lead up that I really like is Some people have asked how they can help. 
And so what we're doing now in reflection to the turmoil that we've been through over the last year, years, we've seen how important reserves are. We've seen how important endowments are. We've seen how important a major influx of funding right now can stable the ship, level us up and move us forward in order to do X, Y, and Z. And therefore, I'm here to invite you to be one of our stable leaders for a long-term investment, three years, over three years of X, Y, and Z. And then you go into it again. But I like that warm-up of acknowledging the stress that we've had, right? So we don't have yeah. a timestamp on this podcast, but anybody who is listening to this now and even for years to come will know about the time of 2020 and yep. all that happened. That's right. And so the point is to say that acknowledging that we're in a time in history where we are trying to be more strategic and think not just about this moment, but to think about the future and our sustainability. We want to stay, we want to keep the doors open. We want to be able to be that shelter five years from now when it's needed again. And yep. the only way to do that is to make sure that we have our employees are still employed and that our program is still funded. And not only that, not only the status quo, but we need to go bigger and we need to do more to act faster and end this situation or start this opportunity, whatever it might be, whatever your mission is. But really, I think now's a good time to say we cannot keep going with the status quo. We won't sustain ourselves. We won't last. We have to go bigger. We need to dream bigger and we need partners. There's no way for us to do it alone. And there's no way, like you said, there's no way for that individual donor to do it by herself, regardless of all the money that she has. She needs to rely on. I love what you said, Julie, about that these organizations have been in some are, some are burgeoning and startup nonprofits, sure, but many of them have been in operation for years, long before the invitation to support the organization has ever come about. Yep. And a bit about the pandemic and about this past, you know, 18 plus months, mm. we sometimes assume that, well, I cannot ask for more because my donors, their business isn't doing well. They had to shut down locations. And because we may be struggling. We may have had to make some very tough choices and lay off people or freeze some spending or hiring roles that we really need or any number of things. I think it's really important to resist making assumptions and to evaluate and take a beat with yourself. Why is it that I'm assuming that this person cannot give more? Have they told me that their business isn't doing well? Or am I just afraid? Because sometimes we use our thoughtfulness and our being considerate of others as a front for really just remaining in our fear. In our comfort zone. It's subservient. Right? That's right. To be assumptive that, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be too much. I don't want to ask for too much. I'm sure that they're struggling, right? That's subservience and that's assumptive and that's living in our comfort zones of fear. Yeah. And I think being subservient is distinct from serving, right? I, I yes. believe that when I'm inviting someone to give more, that I am truly serving them because yes. who else in their life is fighting for them to be free of greed? Who else in their life is fighting for them to believe that there is more coming, that the wealth that they have now is not all that they will have, that the greatest wealth is found in relationships. And as the fundraiser, I am offering them true wealth that money cannot buy. Friends, there are a lot of your donors who are financially rich and are relationally poor. And you have got to step in and lead them to be that friend, to be that influence in their life, to becoming the most generous and courageous version of themselves. And you cannot do that unless you go there yourself first, right? Because that's what leaders do. They go first. You have to go first in courage if you expect your donor to give extraordinary levels of giving. You've got to step up first. If you are you are expecting them to step up, are you expecting them to be all in? Are you expecting them to do what you won't? Then it ain't going to happen. It starts with you. You're the leader 
and you need to accept your influence in their life. I love what you're saying. I'm so jazzed about you, Julie. You're amazing. And your words, thank you. And also I want to say, you know, what's coming, what's present for me right now is hearing Mm. that you know, that leadership doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. Mm. And yes, you should be all in and you shouldn't do something or you shouldn't ask somebody to do something that you're not doing. That doesn't mean that you need to be working around the clock and depleting your own energy and your sense of stability, right? And so that's the other side of the coin that I want to make sure that we address because when I hear about the humble servant and the servant leader, I think, yes. But then when I see it, I often see it being somebody who's strung out. They're exhausted. They're trying to be accommodating to everybody. They're trying to do it all. And that's not really healthy either. So I think it's really important to hear the words that you're saying, Julie, for the audience, and also to embrace that sense of boundaries. Leaders do have boundaries so that they can preserve their energy. They can preserve their foresight, their ability to give, their ability to be compassionate and generous and thoughtful and strategic. And so it doesn't mean that you're you're exhausting yourself and nor does it mean you're sitting high like as a fat cat just going in and talking big bucks with people. No, it's everything in between. It's that harmony, that balance, the middle place. Yeah, it is. Again, I, I keep going back to humility, but true humility is I know that I have limits. I am self-aware. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know and own fully my responsibility, my influence. I own it fully. Even if I'm afraid, I step forward and I say what needs to be said. And I hold donors and leaders accountable. And at the same time, I can take a vacation because it isn't about me. The organization is not going to fall to pieces if I take a day off. Mm -hmm. Do you really think that you have that much influence? (laughs) Speaking of humility. (laughs) I mean, it's a tough thing to say, right? But but it's true. And, and maybe it's, it's time for you to start delegating and letting, letting go of control. And this is such a hard piece for so many leaders. Something that I tell my leaders in Courage Lab is you can either have growth or you can have control. Which one do you want? You can't have both. And in order to grow, you've got to let go of control. And we're not going to raise more money and change the world if we cannot allow people to fail. It's, it's just, I mean, my boss let me go out there and shoot my shot. And I learned so much from that. And the donor later ended up giving a lot more. I think failure is, it takes guts to fail and to get back up and, and keep going and hold your head high and not let it crush you. We have to get comfortable with taking risks. And that's a big reason why I want leaders to ask for more because that is one of the most important vital risks that we need to take. Well, listen, I think this is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. I really believe that I am a really avid learner around psychology, human behavior, spirituality, yeah. um, sense of identity, self-discovery, consciousness, yoga, all of that. Mm. And that is really the only way that I can make sense of anything that I do in the world. And fundraising being that vehicle for me or coaching, consulting, management, that it's the vehicle to execute on one's life's journey. You know, what is your, what are you here to discover and how are you here to contribute? So I hear that loud and clear from you and God, I just feel so inspired myself. I mean, it was, Aww. this has just been <laughs> invigorating and I, I'm I so glad what people who are listening think, because I'm sure pens and papers have been writing <laughs> quickly, voraciously, but we will be, we will capture most of the content in show notes before I let you go. And I would love to talk to you for another five hours. Maybe we can set up another time. This is just yeah, so wonderful. Yeah, let's do it. I'd love I know it. anybody who's listening wants to uh, set up more time with you and they can. They can. Tell me how they can get more Julie in their lives. <laughs> yeah. So you, my favorite places to hang out on the internet are LinkedIn. Um, so you can definitely connect with me there. Julie Ordonez, O-R-D-O-N-E-Z. And I'm also on Instagram. I'm usually showing up on Instagram short stories all the time, sharing practical advice and what to say and 
sharing some of the behind the scenes of things that I talk with my clients about. And yeah, if you're interested in exploring what it looks like to work with me, there are two ways to work with me. One-on-one fundraising coaching, specifically geared around major gifts and um, asking for more, building courage. And then the other is my six-week group coaching accelerator called Courage Lab, which is a whole lot of fun. And I do it usually about four times a year. So yeah, depending on when this airs, I think there's going to be another cohort that launches in November. And it is all about helping ambitious nonprofit leaders and fundraisers get the courage to ask for more and raise 10K plus gifts regularly. So we talk about building a culture of generosity. How do you do that? We talk about how to have courage in donor conversations. I give you scripts. I give you templates. We talk about donor engagement and creating an annual plan for how to do that so that you're working smarter, not harder, because people have a lot going on. There's a lot to juggle and prioritize. We go through your donor communications system. Uh, I have a proprietary system that I teach. People, when they start implementing that system, they get unsolicited, which just means gifts you didn't ask for, spontaneous 10K gifts from volunteers, from first-time donors, because they implement what I teach. So it's really fun. Yes, you raise more money, but I'm really on a mission to help people become more courageous so that we can activate the greatest generosity possible. And so you come out of that experience really empowered. You've A lot of my clients have found their voice. They're really challenging stakeholders, donors, and inviting them to give in a new way. It's very powerful and we have a lot of fun. So that's Courage Lab and you can sign up. Uh, my website is just my name, julieordonez.com and you can learn more there. That is wonderful. Well, I'm sure that you will have many fans joining. I love it. (laughs) If you were to shout out one, one concept, one message, one organization, one thing, what would you shine light on? Hmm. Ask for more. Okay. Ask for more. Do it. You got to go for it. Do it. Do it today. If there is someone on your mind, you've been listening. There is a donor, a board member, someone you know who could give more. Call them up. Do not wait to set a meeting. Just call them on the phone (laughs) and muster all the courage you have and say to them, I'd love for you to step up in your giving this year. Will you consider giving more? Just do that today with one person. Ask for more and you will see how people will show up for you when you invite them to do it. Mic drop. Boom. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) What gives you hope? Oh, what gives me hope to see impact actually happen. When my husband and I got married over 10 years ago, we had this little nonprofit called Charity Water at our wedding. We had a little, it was when they were still doing those like bracelets that were those little like rubber bracelets that had charity water on it. And then we had this booth with like a pamphlet for people. And we, instead of giving like, I'm from Houston, Texas originally. And I think traditionally you give your wedding guests a parting gift of some kind or a party wedding favor. And instead of doing that, we made a donation to charity water. And because ending the global clean water crisis is something we've been passionate about for years and years and years. And We wanted to incorporate that in our wedding day. And now at the time, there were well over a billion people without clean water. And you fast forward now, here we are in 2021, and that has been cut in half. And the reason why, Lindsay, we know why, is because of Scott Harrison and his team who are infamous, right? Love them or hate them. And their, their 100% model that I guess recently has been pretty controversial, but they had the guts to ask people to give more. And there are some problems in this world like that one that we have solutions for. It's a little complex, but we know how to solve it. And it's going to take time. But the biggest piece is major gifts and individuals who step up and give in a massive way 
And we went from over a billion people who didn't have clean water, who are walking for hours to get dirty water, to now those women and girls are in school and they have a clean water well that they can drink from every day. I mean, and philanthropy did that. So that gives me so much hope that there are massive, massive global issues and even big issues that are cyclical in our own local communities that just feel almost impossible to change. And we can change them. We can end it. There are things that will end in our lifetime if we have the guts to invite people to join us in a big way. Mm. Well, I'm pumped. I have a ton of ambition and courage and this conversation has fueled me. So, I'm so I can glad. Only imagine how yes, the you do have courage. Yes. I do. And so do I you. I love it. Yes. Yes, sister. I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. This was such a wonderful conversation. I just can't wait to hear how your journey continues. And I can't wait to hear what the listeners think and get out of this because I think, listen, if you're a fundraiser and you're losing your mojo, just come back to this. Come back to Jolie. Excuse me, Jolie. (laughs) Julie. Um, But Jolie, you know, hey, Um, Julie, you're just... You've got so much fire in your belly and it's so, you've got so much conviction that it is just really, really affirming and inspiring. And I thank you so much for what you're offering on this podcast, but to the world. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for all that you do and shining light on so many amazing thought leaders and organizations. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, thank you. And I'll talk to you another time. Sounds good. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Creating Community for Good podcast. If you like what you heard, let me know. Send me a message on LinkedIn or write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're curious about a topic or you'd like to be a guest, let's connect. Go to www.creatingcommunityforgood.com. In there, you will see all of the podcast episodes with beautifully written show notes and hyperlinks to everything that we've discussed. Thank you and shine on.